0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today?
1: Good afternoon. Um, You know, doing well. I'll see you live. Yeah. I don't know about after we get done talking about the stuff we have lined
0: up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, today, I I wanted to go over a couple of things. I I wanted to go over kind of what we were talking about a few days ago. We talked a little bit about... Let me see what I have here in my notes. We uh, We talked a little bit about what they're doing as it relates to all of these actions with public health in regards to what Amnesty International considers to be torture. Now, there's an eight-step process within that. We went over that, uh, and we called it the psychological trauma of public health. If you haven't listened to it and you're interested in what that is, please go back and give that a listen. It was just the other day, so uh, we're, we're not too far away from it. But I wanted to go over part of that again, not in depth like we did, uh, but I wanted to just essentially, I wanted to make reference to it by what we're going to talk about today. And today I wanted to discuss the real science, or are we looking at a real cult? That's the question. That's going to be the question you're going to have to ask at the end of this. Is are we looking at real science or are we looking at a real cult? Because I kind of get a feeling we're getting the latter of that. We're getting the cult mentality as opposed to the real science part of it. Now we've talked before about counting. We've talked before about how they classify these cases because all of a sudden we're seeing a resurgence. And according to CDC, Johns Hopkins, WHO, NIH. These are the worst numbers we're seeing so far, right? Isn't that what we're being told? We're seeing hotspots. Mm-hmm. We're seeing clusters. We're seeing cases and hospitals are at capacity and there's so much death, right? That's what we're being told. Yep. Yep. But yet it's not quite there. You don't see it. It's just being pushed. You're seeing all these tests that are positive. You know, I read, actually I saw today, I saw today, 333 clinics in Florida, 300, think about what I'm about to say, 333 clinics in Florida have had nothing but 100% positive COVID-19 results. How's that possible? How's that even possible? Well, it's possible because of the counting methods and the way that they're conducting the testing. On top of that, you've also got what we covered here with legacy counting. Legacy counting is they're taking the original numbers from three or four months ago that were confirmed positive then, and they're stacking them on top of the numbers now. The contact tracing method, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. The contact tracing method, how they're able to extrapolate the numbers based on that particular form of counting. And this is why we're seeing the resurgence in the manner that we're seeing it. So I ask you, is this real science? And I have to say, just on the surface, the answer is no, just because of the way that we're looking at the data that we're being presented. So what do we have, right? What do we have with the counting method, right? Let's look at the counting method of the contact tracing, right? Because now we have contact tracers because that's that's what it has to be about, right? That's what it has to be. We have to have them because we have to track these cases and we have to do this and we have to record all this. But how are they counting using the contact tracers? Well, they're taking a single case, a single confirmed case, and they're attaching up to 16 additional cases on top of that one confirmed, And you say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, of course, it doesn't make any sense. Not to a rational, reasonable thinking person, it doesn't make any sense. But if you're trying to overinflate the numbers and make it look worse than what it actually is, and you're trying to promote an agenda of fear onto the population, and you have the media carry a certain narrative, well, then you can't do anything against that narrative or the agenda doesn't work. So one person gets counted. A contact tracer contacts that one person. They trace down up to 16 individuals that they've come in contact with. The contact tracer then contacts each one of those people, gives a small over the phone interview type. Of course, they can't ask where they've been with as it regards to like protests and things like that. You know, that aside, they then have to log that those particular people that they contacted up to 16 per one person that's confirmed are logged as a confirmed case. This is how they're over inflating the numbers. So I wanted to play a clip here. We played this clip once before. We're going to do it again. I want to play this clip here from Collin County, Texas. And this is how they're counting based on the method that I just described. And this is what's happening all over the country. This is being handed down from the World Health Organization down to the CDC, to the NIH, the National Institute of Health. And this is being filtered down to the state and local levels. And this is how they're counting. This is why we're seeing the resurgence in cases all over the country, because they're using this counting method. So let's take a listen to this, how they how they describe it.
2: State of Texas, the SHS has informed public health departments that they are they have adopted a revised definition for COVID-19 probable cases.
1: So for confirmed case, it stays the same. You still just need PCR. But now they've added a probable case definition. Uh, So that still gets counted towards the case count. It's different. It's not confirmed. It's probable, but it's still a case. So at the end of this definition, there are 15 different options on how you could be classified as a probable case. Based on this diagram and what they report, there's a total of seven cases now. One is still only confirmed because that was that original index case, who then had all these contacts underneath in orange, and all the rest of them became probable, but they are still considered a case.
2: It has the potential to be a very significant event for us here in Texas and here in Collin County as the state now has, has elected to adopt this new probable definition. If you have a subjective fever and you have a headache... And you live in Collin County, you now meet the qualifications to be a probable COVID patient. It is remarkable how low the standard is now. Mm -hmm. If you have one of the major uh, symptoms, you have a cough or you have shortness of breath and you live in Collin County, then you can satisfy the definition for a probable COVID case. But I'm very concerned that we absolutely could see the numbers jump uh, very rapidly in a way that actually is not indicative of what we're seeing here in the community, in the public health department.
0: Okay. For those that don't know, that was taken around the second week of May. Okay. That's when that meeting was had, or That's when that meeting was held. And they adopted that policy thereafter. And you see what's happened to the numbers as a result of that. In the midst of that, we had what? We had the protests, right, Bruce? We had the, the riots in the streets and all that stuff. So... Uh, shortly after that, yeah. Shortly after that. Okay. So they put it off... They put it off. So you're looking at a four to six week window to hire and train contact tracers and you get them adopted and oriented into the new method of counting. And this is how they're coming up with the numbers they're coming up with. So we have states, right? New York, right? New York was probably one of the worst states. Do you have the New York numbers right off the top of your head or do you have the chart pulled up? I do. Um, Okay, give us New York numbers. New York. Let's look at New York. Let's look. Now, this is pre fraudulent counting method, we're, we're assuming here, which I, you can't really even be sure about the initial counting method, to be fair, because of the faulty testing. But if you look at the initial stages of how it was handled, the number of deaths and the number of cases in New York was the worst in the world, right? It was the absolute, it was the worst. So what what kind of numbers are they looking at right now?
1: Right now, um, 406,807 confirmed cases. The catch with this They had, until there was a a small country in Italy or near Italy, I don't exactly know the geographic location, right? Not Italy, excuse me. In Greece uh, or near Greece uh, somewhere, it's like a small island. That country specifically has a disproportionately high fatality rate. And the reason that is, is because it's a, it's a mathematical, a statistical anomaly, if you will. Uh, because they have a really small population that's older. If you take that one out of the equation right now, because I think I think they're a little bit higher than New York just because of their small population. New York is the number one as far as case numbers per capita in the world, and we're we're talking like two thirds higher than the next runner up, which I believe was Denmark. It's the worst. Yeah, it, it just it's frustrating, especially with Fauci coming out and saying they they did everything right. Oh, did they? Hmm.
0: Yes. Yes. He comes out and he says they did it correctly. He says that he said on Friday, said many parts of the United States didn't do enough to combat the coronavirus, but New York did. Now, you're looking at those numbers. Fauci saying this about New York. How in the hell does that make any sense? See, it doesn't. Fauci said, we have got to do things that are very clear that we need to do to turn this around. Huh. Okay. Remember, we can do it. Now, you you see this. You see the role he's taking, right? You see the leadership role he's putting. There's a point to this, and we'll get to that later. But I'm, I'm setting the placeholder to show you who's putting himself in a leadership position. Remember, we can do it. We know that when you do it properly, you can bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. Huh? Okay. You've done it in New York. Well, the numbers don't reflect that. So you're putting yourself in a leadership position. You're touting New York, worst numbers in the world per capita. So I'll ask again, he's supposedly the country's top scientist when it comes to this, right? Is it real science or is it a real cult-like behavior we're looking at from a leader? That's the reference I'm trying to make here.
1: It has to be a cult. When you look at when you look at Cuomo and the ineptitude that he has, the amount of people he, well, he murdered because of his policies, they were taking infected people from the hospital and housing them in retirement homes. The people we're supposed to be protecting, you know, that are the most vulnerable, according to the officials that they were kept saying all along, we're, we're protecting grandma and grandpa because they're the ones that could get sick or, you know, and, and die from this. He literally had a policy that was putting people into retirement homes. That's why they have such a high fatality rate in the retirement homes. Like, uh, it's so frustrating because he is inept. He literally killed people in retirement homes. Yet he's the one that's being touted as, well, he did everything
0: right. When clearly he did not. He did everything wrong. And he's being touted as this guy, this big savior guy, right? He's also emerged as somewhat of a leader in this, don't you think? That's how he's being presented, Cuomo. I mean,
1: they're trying to present him that way. Yeah, they're they're definitely trying to promote it. And then his his um, victory tour he's been doing and the freaking <laughs> pop, vic- propaganda poster. Tour? It's like what? Yeah, he's he's been going around on different uh, uh, news media's and uh, the late night shows, doing all those and basically parading around like we're amazing and awesome. We overcame it, and you know we 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 flattened the curve and all this kind of stuff. You freaking killed people because of your policies and you're parading around at how wonderful you are sorry Cuomo gets me gets me a little heated
0: no it's okay no i understand but it's the hypocrisy in it right this is what we're trying to this is what we're trying to explain so right. regardless of what they're saying regardless of the agenda that's being promoted the numbers rather cooked or not they show otherwise so you say okay well where does that lead us right where does that lead us well we're having resurgences of cases all across the US right we're seeing mask mandates come in, right? This seems to be the big thing. This is the big thing. Everybody's pushing for these things now. Now, why is it they're pushing for those? This is where the other side of it comes in. Now, it's not necessarily they're they're beating us over the head with what science based, science based, science based. We know this isn't science based. We know it. We know that this is political at this point, and it's a matter of control. The problem is is that people will not push back on it. Businesses will not push back on it. Everybody seems to be neutralized. They're capitulating. You have a large percentage of the population that actually believe this stuff. Why do they believe in this mask stuff? Why, Why do they believe in that? Well, it's the monopolization of perception. That's done by first accomplishing the first step that we talked about with Biederman's chart of coercion, isolation. You deprive the victim of all social support of his ability to resist. So it makes the victim dependent on the interrogator. In this case, public health officials. Monopolization of perception, mainstream media. They feed you the agenda because they've isolated you from the world. They've cut you off from reality. So they become your reality because you're placed in a state of isolation that they're forcing you to be in. So this obviously when you're in that isolation that uh, state of isolation it causes you to develop an intense concern with yourself. It kind of the, the you know the more the more time you spend isolated your mind just kind of wanders in areas that it didn't quite wander in before so you start to reflect on yourself and other thoughts. And so this kind of puts you in a weakened state, puts you in a sense of anxiety, a sense of Uh, I almost want to say depression, but nonetheless, that's where they want you. Then they can introduce things within that monopolization of perception. So with that, what were we told in the initial stages? What was everyone told? Well, we were told the masks didn't work, correct? That's what we were told. Mm -hmm. Fox News, right? I mean, even even the Surgeon General, uh, what's his name? Um, Dr. um, Jerome Adams. He came out in the initial stages and said, what? Don't buy up the masks. The medical personnel need them. They're not going to be any good for you. They've been, you know, the, the, the reports have been shown that and the data shows that it has absolutely no effect. And so the public doesn't need them. So the data doesn't back it up. Okay. which, by the way, that was the real science part of it. But now he's gone back on all of that. A lot of these public health officials have gone back on all that. Well, why is that? When you have a virus statistically... At this point, not using the cooked up numbers, but statistically, when you have a virus that is less harmful than the flu that we're still dealing with from 100 years ago, well, why do we have the mandates, if that's the case? Why are the mandates there? Why do we have a Republican Party, in which, by the way, the, uh, and I'm not playing party politics here, I'm just pointing out, the Democrat Party are the ones that are pushing for that. They're the ones that are initiating that in their states in defiance of the Constitution and your Bill of Rights. The government can't mandate something like that on you, but they're doing it anyway. And they're they're starting in the blue states and the blue cities. Republicans are doing it now, too, though. Yes. So where are the Republicans? Again, as you just said, they're on board with it, too. Why? Why are they on board with it? Mitch McConnell comes out and says, well, it's not that complicated. Well, yes, it is. Yes, it is. If they're proven to not be effective, we were told in the initial stages that they were not effective. And now all of a sudden they are now all of a sudden they are. Or is it just the fact that you have no opposition in the country, and the Republican Party representatives are nothing but a bunch of cowards because they don't want to push back? They want to play the um, well. We don't want to go. To, we don't want to stoop to their level. Hmm. So where's maybe, the leadership? Maybe here? it has.
1: Maybe it has something to do with the uh, the corruption and the uh, PPP loans uh, that the uh, both Republicans and Democrats
0: received. Yes. Yes, I could see that. You know, both both sides received money. Okay, so now when you have both sides capitulating to this and or both sides giving in to this, there is no opposition. So where does that leave we the people? Well, we kind of have to sit there and we kind of have to take it until we decide we're done with it and we push back on it. In the meantime, we're being hit with the third stage of Biederman's chart of coercion, induced ability and exhaustion, right? Because they're mentally weakening people, they're physically weakening people because these masks do what? They do what exactly? Well, According to Science Daily, okay, and anyone can go and look this up, according to Science Daily, an article from April 22nd of 2015, the title of the article was, Are Cloth Masks Dangerous to Your Health? The Widespread Use of Cloth Masks by healthcare workers may actually put them at an increased risk of respiratory illness and viral infections, and their global use should be discouraged, according to a UNSW study. Now, why is that important? Why why is that important? Now, if you look at this from a sense of, let's see, we're we're looking at it in a sense of public health, and I think that's kind of, that's kind of the wrong way to look at it. We weren't looking at it in a sense of coercion until we kind of put a focus on that, but you can also keep focus on the sense of coercion, according to Amnesty International. And you can look at it another way as well. And that is, what if it's an initiation process instead of about health? And you say, well, wait a minute, that sounds crazy. What do you mean an initiation process? Well, an initiation, right? Now that goes back a long way. It's been used by ancient religions, tribes, gangs, fraternities, uh, you know, even, even military, right? So what what happens In this, you have a group mentality, right? And this is where we're talking about the the cult-like mentality. And before you say, oh, well, you know, you're comparing religion to a cult. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that these are the, I'm giving examples of where we see a type of initiation atmosphere. That's, That's all I was making reference to. So when you have an initiation into something like this, you're thinking of what? You're not thinking of the individual. So individual rights don't exist when it comes to when it comes to a group, or if it, especially if it comes to a cult like uh, mentality or a cult like atmosphere. You don't have individuals; you have the group. So, an article out of the American Psychiatric Association, right? An article from them. They're refer- They're making reference here to uh, Arson E. Mills, uh, excuse me, Arson uh, Arson and Mills in 1959 on the effect of a severity of an initiation into liking for a group, right? And this is a study that was done in the Journal of Abnormal and Social Psychology on page 59. Or excuse me, uh, on page 171 and 181. And they describe it as an experiment that was conducted to test the hypothesis that persons who undergo an unpleasant initiation to become members of a group increase their liking for the group. That is, they find the group more attractive than do persons who become members without going through a severe initiation. Okay. The hypothesis was derived from Festinger's theory of cognitive dissonance. We've talked about the cognitive dissonance before, haven't we, Bruce? Right? Mm Mm-hmm. You talked about the five steps the five steps. You must have conviction. There must be commitment to the the conviction. The conviction must be amenable to unequivocal disconfirmation. Such unequivocal disconfirmation must occur. Social support must be available subsequent to the disconfirmation. Okay, so those are Festinger's five conditions uh, of behavior for cult uh, for cult believers. So this particular theory was then applied to. The initiation process of a cult. Three conditions that were employed during this time: the reading of embarrassing material before a group, mildly embarrassing material to be read, or no reading. And the results clearly verified the hypothesis. Okay. So what do you do if you have if you have a group like this? What do you see is as the process to go through this. Well, once you go through the process of initiation, you're then what? In, in a cult-like mentality, in an initiation into a cult or become a member of a group like this, you're what? You're isolated. You isolate the initiate, correct? So... That follows again. That leads us back to Biederman's chart of coercion, isolation. You deprive the victim of all social support for his ability to resist. You develop an intense concern with yourself and you make the victim dependent on the interrogator. In this case, the public health official. What else happens when you're in the indoctrination process of joining a cult? Your everyday routines are stopped. Has that happened? Is that what we're seeing? Have your routines changed because of all this? And the normal rules of life are altered. I don't think I have to tell anybody that that's the case. Or I mean, isn't that what we see? So we've been isolated. Our perception has been altered. We're being hit with induced ability exhaustion. We're being threatened. Our everyday routines have been stopped. And our normal rules of life have been altered. So once you have those steps, you get a little bit further into it. Now, each cult has a different way of kind of doing things, but they really aren't all that different. I mean, they have a little bit, you know different kind of things, different steps, but they all follow pretty much the same type of thing. They all have a goal. They have, you know, invitations to events and and things like that. They have indoctrinations. They have um, initiation type things, controlling your every action, isolation again. They show you leaders, right? Because you're cut off from the outside world. They don't allow criticisms. Are we there? Sometimes when you go through a cult, you also have an attitude that's forced upon you as the initiate. You'll be told that you have to mimic... Another person that's in the group, or you have to mimic the entire group. What does that mean? Well, could be shaving your head. Could be, um, I don't know, track. Even you know, I, I said these guys, <laughs> I said these people were a couple of steps away from tracksuits and punch bowls, tracksuits, uniforms of some kind, or masks, maybe. See, when you wear a mask in this particular case, when you're putting it in this context, it strips you of your identity, it strips you of yourself. So you're no longer an individual when it comes to that. You stop seeing yourself as an individual, right? You think of more than just yourself. Isn't that what we're being told? Think of more than just yourself. Don't be selfish. It's not that complicated. Think of others. We're all in this together. Any of this sound familiar? Bruce, you have a definition according to Encyclopedia Britannica, on the symbolic wearing of a mask, because we're dealing with symbolics here, because obviously the, the, the data doesn't show that these are actually effective. And we talked before about how logically the size of the virus itself isn't even large enough to be stopped by a mask. It's 200 to 1000 times smaller than what you're dealing with on your face. So if that's the case, then the mask becomes symbolic, right? Right. That's where it's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does Encyclopedia Britannica say about the symbolic purpose of a mask? What what does it say?
1: So, the person who wears the mask is also considered to be in direct association with the mask's spirit force and is consequently exposed to like personal danger of being affected by it. For huh. the sake of for the sake of protection, the wearer, like the mask maker, is required to follow certain sanctioned procedures in using the mask. Uh-huh. In some respects, he plays the role of an actor in cooperation or collaboration with the mask. Without the dance and posturing routines that the mask wearer performs, often to the uh, accompaniment of music, the mask would remain a representation without a full life force. The real drama and power
0: of its form is the important contribution of the wearer. That line right there. That line right there. The real drama and power of its form is the important contribution of the wearer. Tom Hanks, what does he say? Wear a mask. You're saving lives. You're the chosen ones. Do your part. Bill Nye, the science guy, who's just an actor, by the way, he's a fraud. What's he say? Same thing, right? Do your part. Does it in a cute little video blowing at a candle, right? You have to emphasize the contribution of the wearer. You have to turn it around to make the wearer feel as though they are the ones that are in charge see how this works go ahead
1: covered by the mask and costume the performer loses his previous identity and assumes a new one Uh huh. Upon, upon donning the mask the wearer sometimes undergoes a psyche change and as in a trans assumes the spirit character depicted by the mask uh-huh. usually however the, 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 the right wa- there stop, stop right
0: there that those last two lines you read there okay Covered by the mask and costume, the performer loses his previous identity and assumes a new one. You notice how people are starting to behave now to the ones that don't wear them? Mm -hmm. Upon donning the mask, the wearer sometimes undergoes a psychic change and, as in a trance, assumes the spirit character depicted by the mask. See, they're the ones that are doing what they're told. They're the good conformists. They're the ones that are going to shame you. You can make reference to... Biederman's chart of coercion here. Step number seven, degradation. Makes the cost of resistance appear more damaging to self-esteem than capitulation. What's the variant of that? Demeaning punishments, insults and taunts, denial of privacy. Notice everybody's being filmed while they're being ridiculed and humiliated. So by that, by that part of that definition that you just read, it fits the uh, criteria. Would you, would you agree? Yeah. Okay. Continue. Usually, however,
1: the wearer skillfully becomes a partner of the character he is impersonating, giving to the mask not only an important spark of vitality by the light flashing from his own eyes, but also bring it alive by his movements and poses. But uh-huh. often the wearer seems to become uh, psychologically one with the character he is helping to create. He seems to become an automaton without his own will, which has become subservient to that of the pers- personage of the mask. At all times, there remains some important, even if sub Rosa uh, association between the mask and its wear.
0: OK, so there was a lot said there, but let's just pick it apart little by little. However, the wearer skillfully becomes a partner of the character he is impersonating. OK, well, people are doing that, right? They're getting into it. They get into the fear. They get into the hysteria. They become part of it. They're made part of it by them doing what they're told. By the people that they think are the ones that matter. By the leaders, the so-called leaders, they become a partner in that system. They become a partner in that group. They're, they're helping to do their part for the betterment of everyone. And the person that stands out from that, well, I just mentioned what happens to them. Degradation. Often the wearer beca- seems to become psychologically one with the character he is helping to create. People's attitudes are changing, Yes. He seems Mm -hmm. to become an automaton without his own will, which has become subservient to that of the personage of the mask. Do you think people that are out there wearing these things, the ones that are out there humiliating people for not complying, do you think that they can think for themselves? Do you think that they have the ability to manifest critical thought? Because if that were the case, then they could see what was actually happening. But instead, they get into it. They double down on their beliefs. They have commitment. They have conviction in that commitment, they have the social support that's subsequent to that disconfirmation. So with the wearing of this mask being symbolic, looking at the definition that's provided here by the Encyclopedia Britannica, do these people manifest cult mentality just by what we've <laughs> talked about thus far? Is this kind of what we're seeing? I mean, is that rhetorical? <laughs> you can take it as rhetorical if you want, I suppose. But <laughs> when you're in this situation, yeah, this, this is where it goes. When you're in this situation, you're subjected to slight trauma. Once you're in this position that we're talking about now, you're subjected to a slight trauma. You have to be placed into a state of cognitive dissonance. And this is what causes you to double down on the belief. It puts you into, st- into a state of confusion because of your isolation, your quarantine, your prolonged isolation, the shutting down of society, the degradation being called non-essential causes your anxiety to go up. Bruce, we talked about anxiety numbers. They're off the charts, aren't they? Yep. So when you're in this situation, you're told, get in your house. You're told, wear a mask. We're going to fine you if you come out. Let's talk about the fines of some of those things, right? Let's, let's look at the fine of some of those things. What kind of numbers are we looking at for people that refuse to wear masks in public? I mean, because this all goes along with degradation. It goes along with vague threats. So what kind of fines are we looking at in some of these locales? Let's just pick some of the top ones. So what, what do you have on the fines?
1: Well, uh, we've got um, Austin. Austin. Texas, yeah. It says residents who violate health rules could be fined up to two thousand dollars, and this was passed by the city council.
0: And this remains in effect until December thirty first. And what exactly is a health a health regulation or health rule? What what exactly is that? Because that seems awful vague to me.
1: Yeah. So it it is very vague. I mean, what you could consider a, a guideline or rule changes, as we've seen. Uh, You know, don't wear a mask, wear a mask. Don't go out in public. You know, oh, it's okay to be out in public in the in the sunshine. You know, I mean, everything's been changing so much that uh, I don't I don't even know that the health officials know where their stance is right now. There's a Yolo County in California. Yeah, they're fining businesses up to ten thousand dollars for not complying with the Uh state and county health orders. Mm hmm. And that includes not wearing a mask.
0: OK. All right. So all this go along with number four of Biederman's chart, right? Goes along with threats, correct? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. not only does it cultivate anxiety and despair just through the prolonged isolation, you look at the, uh, the threats that you have against businesses, the threats you have against people, you're going to be fined, you're going to be cited, you're going to be taken to jail. If you don't do it, everyone's going to die. We're never going to return to normal unless you do your part. Threats of endless interrogation and isolation. Well, we're going to have to lock back down if you don't do what you're told mysterious changes mm-hmm. of treatment meaning they keep changing their mind they keep flip-flopping on things as you just pointed out hmm. so like i said could, when you uh, get put in go ahead
1: could, uh, let's point something out real quick about the treatment you remember the uh, the article that came out or, or the excuse me the paper that came out recently uh about remdesivir and that was yes. one of the things that president trump talked about he he called it remdesivir. but anyway do, do you know who did the research on that some of the some of the doctors that were involved uh Had a hand in or had investments in remdesivir, so it seems a little self serving to have a good report on a medication that costs thousands of dollars instead of you know pennies for the um hydroxychloroquine. And Uh,
0: Fauci, by the way, has yeah, Fauci, by the way, he has lots of investments in remdesivir, Uh just a lot of Uh yeah, so So, it's kind of funny.
1: yeah, it's kind of ironic that they're they're pushing these kind of anyway. But yeah.
0: So when you're subjected to the slight traumas, get, getting back to that, when you're subjected to the slight traumas and you're placed into cognitive dissonance, right? When you're headed down that uh, that when you're headed down that path. Now, mind you, here, here's the scary part of all this. All of this is largely done unknowingly to the to the victim. Right. This is the scariest part of all this is people don't understand that this is actually being done to them. We're pointing this stuff out here and I do apologize. We're pointing this stuff out here like we are of the opinion that people already know this. They don't. They have no idea. So if you're one of those people out there and you are looking for some type of answer as to why people are being pushed into this mentality, it's because of what we're saying. It's because of how we're pointing this stuff out. So it puts you into the state of confusion. Your anxiety goes up. The despair grows. You have the feeling of dread. So new avenues of thought get put into your head. As I said, the longer you're isolated, the longer you're away from social interactions, social structures, which, by the way, that not only weakens your physical health because you're not exposed to other people to keep your immune system in check. It also diminishes your mental health by everything we're talking about here. So when you're in this state, you're at home, then you get hit with a monopolization of perception because the media is feeding it to you. You're looking to them to give you some kind of answer because you don't understand anything because you've been placed in the state of cognitive dissonance. Your anxiety is up. Your despair is up. Everything's confusing. You don't know what's going on. You're worried about what's coming next. And so you're watching an agenda being fed to you that's placing you into a further state of victimhood that you don't understand. And so you helplessly go along with it. And what happens? What emerges out of that? A new normal, right? A new normal is born. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is all this doing? It's causing a division between people, isn't it? People that once got along, they don't get along anymore. You know, I, I know people that's that are telling me that they've known people for 20 or 30 years and they're losing friends left and right because they won't talk to them anymore. Well, that's that's cult-like behavior, isn't it? If your family and your friends don't follow the beliefs of your cult, then the cult makes you renounce them. You can't be around them. See, the aim is to isolate you away from people who don't belong in your cult. And this makes you a part of the cult's family because that's the only family you have. That's how they have to make you conform to that. If they don't follow your beliefs, then you can't be associated with them. So this comes with a certain level of indoctrination, the shaming, the public shaming, people being turned against a new normal. We're into a state now where logic's not even there. Science is being denied. Science is being rewritten and recreated right in front of our very eyes. Our history is being re- erased. Our culture is being trampled upon. We're told we're ignorant. We're told we're racist. We're called science deniers. We're told math is a <laughs> what was it? What What, what is math? Uh, uh, imperialism or something is not. Isn't that what it yeah, was?
1: Yeah, some sort of like perpetuates the patriarchy or something like that. Yeah.
0: How ridiculous is that? These are cult members. These are not intelligent individuals. There's no reasoning. There's no common sense. All this is absent. It's all gone with these people. What else do you have in a cult? All right. Doesn't allow criticisms. Right. What have we been seeing with criticisms? Someone comes out. Doctor comes out. Makes a statement. Says, "Well, wait a minute. All these numbers are wrong." The way we're doing this is all wrong. This isn't right. The way these things are being counted, the way these deaths are being counted. You know, there was somebody there was a doctor that came out the other day. Someone died in a motorcycle accident in Florida, was marked as COVID-19. And they were like, well, we can't do this. The doctor refused. Guess what happened to the doctor? See, the leadership of a cult doesn't allow any criticism about their belief system. And that's precisely what this is. It's a belief system. You have to believe in this anyone that shows doubt in that belief, they're going to get shamed by their followers, right? Or worse yet, you get to a certain point, they might have to go on a uh, a little vacation for some re-education, right? So yeah, I'm looking at all this. I'm, I'm looking at all these different aspects. We're looking at the science side of it. We're looking at the cult mentality side of it. And I'm asking, I'm just asking, is this real science or is this a real cult that we're seeing? you got leaders in cults, right? You say, well, where's the leader? Who's Bill Gates? Cults have a leader, right? They're usually charismatic people, right? They're to the point. They leave you hanging on their every word. Who's Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci has been turned into a what by the mainstream media. He's an icon to them. The guy's been wrong about everything. And he's some kind of charismatic leader. You know, he was voted the sexiest man alive on something. He was put on the front of like InStyle magazine or something. He's all out there by his pool with his sunglasses on in Gucci shoes. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Like this guy's some kind of a... uh, you know, he's some kind of a prophet or something. I can I can show you that every time he's been wrong. It's not that hard, but they bank on the fact that people don't have a memory. So let's look over the eight steps of an indoctrination process to go into a cult. Now, like I said, these vary. He's very on the surface. Um, every every cult has their own little way of doing things right. But there's you get the general idea, right? You get the general idea. Now, we went over Biederman's chart of coercion, right? Isolation, monopolization, of perception, induced ability, exhaustion, threats, occasional indulgences, demonstrating omnipotence, degradation, enforcing trivial demands. OK, those are his eight steps. They're not all that different to those that join a cult. So step one, you've got to have a goal. We can make comparisons to this under the guise of what we're seeing. Step one, you've got to have a goal. Well, what's the goal in this case? No new cases, right? That's the goal. Life back to normal. The new normal, though. But no new cases. No more deaths. Isn't that the goal? See, cults have to preach towards a familiar theme. You have to serve an idea or an ideal that aren't attainable in the current life. See, it's not attainable in the current situation. So it's got to be something else. We've got to have the new normal so we can have that. You notice how they use that? You know what the genius part about this is? You can't sue these people for lying to you. So what's the second step to joining a cult? Yeah, what's the second step to joining a cult, right? You've got to have an invitation to a non-threatening event, right? It's got to be a, um, it's got to be a, you have to meet friendly followers, right? You got to, you got to get to know them. You got to listen to their loving message, right? psychologists call it love bombing or something of that nature. We've been hearing that a lot. Love bombs. Yeah. You have to create a positive association in your mind when it comes to like attending certain events and you have to come away with a positive feeling. BLM protests, right? Those are their meeting places. Places like Chaz go online onto Twitter into those echo chambers. It's an invitation to a non-threatening event for them, right? You have to conform, Mm -hmm. but you get the friendly feeling because you're around people that give you the feeling of, hey, everyone's like me here so I belong here. You feel like you're part of a group. They preach a message that's peaceful and loving, don't they? They preach that. They talk about tolerance. They talk about equality. They talk about justice, all these things. So it's a peaceful and it's a loving message, but there's a sinister agenda behind it. We've gone over BLM's agenda. Go to their website. We don't have to tell you what it is. Go to their website, read down through what they represent, learn who they are. Indoctrination is step three. It's a long drawn out process. See, we're in the process of number three right now. As a society, we're in the process of number three. But see, you get into this after you hear that initial argument, right? Well, if you just do this one thing, see, it was just that one thing in the beginning. You remember that, Bruce? It was just that one thing. We just need to do this for 10 days, 14 days. That's all. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just that one thing. But see, after that, they ask you for a commitment, albeit it's a commitment that you're going to be forced upon. In this case, it's, well... We have to keep you in your, got to keep you in your house. We, we have to, if you come out, you got to wear that mask. And, you know, that, that's just the way that it is. See, while you're in the process of learning the ways of the cult, it's going to make you reassess your values and principles. So it's a process of re-education. Hence what we said about wearing the mask. When you look at Encyclopedia Britannica, what is it? Upon donning the mask, the wearer sometimes undergoes a psychic change and as in a trance assumes the spirit character depicted by the mask. The wearer skillfully becomes a partner of the character he is impersonating. Number four is usually the breaking process, right? Some type of a process where they get you down and they, uh, they get you into a sense where well in this case it would be you could you could kind of relate that to um, a mix of threats and, and degradation right when it comes to a chart of coercion so this is essentially where they will um they'll get you to reexamine your beliefs, your behavior, your principles. They want to turn those things into what they believe. But see, during this process, right? They have to they have to get you to do certain things. They have to encourage you. They can't tell you. They have to encourage you to do it yourself. They have to encourage you to neglect your own intelligence and your own logic. Do we see that? Do we see people doing that? Are they neglecting their own intelligence? Do they even have any to begin with? Are they thinking logically? in any of this? Are they using any common sense? Do you see any common sense in any of this? You see any logic, you see any intelligence being applied to this. You get people that apply logic, reason, common sense, intelligence. They apply this to them, what happens? They get pushed aside, they get canceled, they get banned, they get mobbed, they get fired from their job. Degradation, right? Public humiliation, shaming. They want you to bring that belief and have that faith. In that system right they want you to bring that to the forefront so then you can turn around and you can use the cult's faith and their beliefs on the ready-made answers the pre-fabricated answers that they give you see this is why we we hear from these people that scream at people all day long you're killing people public health think of more than just yourself people get repeatedly hit with the same messages they're carrying the agenda that's been given to them that's a pre-fabricated response see it's a form of transforming your own brain So you don't ask the smart questions. You don't have the intelligence. You don't have the logic. It's been removed through this process. So you don't ask those smart questions. You don't know how. That's been removed from you. You're given the questions to ask. So by doing this, you're able to ignore any of the intelligent or logical answers when someone comes up to you. You notice when you try to, I mean, we don't do this, but when you see the videos of people that go out and they do the, the man on the street interviews or, or whatever, they go out to interview these people, the ones that are at these rallies and these protests and, and things like that, what happens? You ask them a simple question, a simple question, a reasonable question. And they start screaming hysterically at you because they've ignored everything else. You have to listen to their emotions. You do because they're emotionally valid. They're yeah, they're emotionally yeah. driven. They're not driven by. Been taught to do that exactly, exactly. And when you're in this stage, then you have to look at what comes next. Now's the time when they want you to really commit to it, right? This is the double down process. See, the more time you spend in this this way of thinking, see, the less time you're going to actually have with interacting with people that can actually think and and can kind of point out, well, hey, you know, maybe that's not right. Maybe you should possibly look at it like this kind of thing. So once your mind gets taken away from all this, you start to doubt your friends and your family. So you walk away from them and you start to do what? You start to look for guidance in the cult leadership, right? Start to look for the media, start to look at people like Fauci, people like Bill Gates. They're the saviors. They're the ones that are going to take care of everything. They're going to get life back to normal. Places like the World Health Organization, they know best, the CDC. So next they have to control every action you take, right? This goes along with isolation. They want to control everyday life. Are they controlling everyday life now? I don't think they have full control of it, but they would like to. They would like to take us back to that first 10 to 14 days. But see now they're managing the controlled collapse that they've fostered themselves. You go on social media and you listen to them talk about how, oh well, those that don't do what you're doing, well, they're they're outsiders, they don't understand. They're the ones that are killing people. They're the ones that are not thinking of others. So what does this do? This causes you to fear the people that would be closest to you that you would turn to in this kind of time, right? Your friends and your family. But see, since they've isolated you from that, Kind of makes you an involuntary recruiter, doesn't it? You want to bring other people around to your way of thinking, not the other way around. See, you're not the misled one here. But see, if your friends and family don't follow your beliefs of the cult, well, you got to renounce them. The aim here is to isolate you away from people who don't belong in your belief system. So like I said, the cult becomes your family. Showing signs of tough love, I suppose you could look at it like this, right? This is the next step. Now see, not every cult does this though, but I think you can apply it in this sense because sign of tough love in this case would be to, like to deprive uh, cult members or you know d- followers or whatever. You deprive them of food or sleep or you give them tedious tasks to keep them away from non-believers. Well, you can't really apply that here. However, you can apply parts of it. We talked about food, right? You look at the monopolization of perception. Monotonous food. Well, what have we been seeing? Selection choices are reduced in stores, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't go in this store if you don't do this. You can't go here if you don't wear a mask. Deprivation of sleep. Well, You can kind of relate that, can't you? We talked about that. Insomnia. Yeah, insomnia is up because the anxiety is up. The dreads up. The despair is up. So you could say that this is an attempt to deprive people of sleep, right? Sure. Give them tedious tasks to keep them away from unbelievers. Wear a mask. It's a tedious task. You got to do it. Socially distance. Socially distance. Markings on the floor. Follow the arrows. Stay in this circle. See, by making these things in these situations, desperate, right? It forces followers to want more. This is the problem because people capitulate to this. They they go along with the program. They get into the fear. They get into the hysteria. They double down because what they're doing, they think is what is right because someone's telling them, some expert is telling them what to do because you can't rationally think. You don't have any intelligence. It's all been removed. You don't have any family. You don't have any friends. You've been isolated. You're in the echo chamber, you're listening to the mobs, so it becomes an addiction. Now, here's the here's the thing about it, though. In a, in this sense, though, it, it could be an almost a, like a double edged sword because it can backfire in certain cases. Right? Followers could leave, but in this case, they really don't, do they? They don't walk away from it. They're just in the initial stages of it. We've seen them double down on these kind of things. They don't. Oh yes, yes, we certainly have. So the leader, charismatic leader, Doctor Fauci, sitting next to his pool in sunglasses on the front of in style magazine is he time magazine's sexiest man of the year or is he man of the year or something i heard he's being considered for time magazine's man of the year as well i think he was nominated but i haven't heard anything more okay well why don't we just give him a nobel peace prize while we're at it so there's your charismatic leader there's your charismatic leader right that's the point where you hang on their every word well they do the media does they think this guy's, the, you know, the only thing this guy isn't doing at this point to the media is walking on water. Or maybe he's parting the Red Sea, I'm not sure. Not allowing criticisms. Well, look at YouTube, right? Anyone who shows any kind of doubts about their beliefs or whatever, right? They they get shamed. So the thing is, is, you know, I, I wanted to sit down and I wanted to discuss this today because th- this is an interesting way to, to look at it. Now, like I said, are we looking at real science or are we looking at a real cult? Because I would say, in my humble opinion, That this is a real cult. And I think it's incumbent upon every single person who's listening to understand exactly what you're looking at. Because, like I said, these people don't understand what's happening to them. They don't understand. And you think, well, how's that possible? Every step that we just outlined, the way that they're placed in the situation of cognitive dissonance and they're force fed, they're reprogrammed, they're being reprogrammed as we speak. Now, the scary part comes with how far are they going to go with it? Because if they keep with this, if they continue on with this and they have, they're they're showing no signs of stopping. If they keep with this, how long is it going to be before they turn those mobs openly on us? Now, this is not an us versus them mentality I'm, I'm talking about. That's not what I'm speaking of. What I'm speaking of is, is these are victims. These are people that have been helplessly put into this situation because what they believed that they were doing was the right thing, and now they're stuck. And so we have to figure out a way reasonably to get them out of it. That's all I had today, Bruce. I don't really know of any other way I could uh, I could go with that. But uh, what what are your uh, what are your thoughts? Anything?
1: <laughs> I, I personally, I'm, I'm still a little heated about uh, Cuomo and how they're trying to
0: turn him into this. Wonderful leader. Man, that burns you up, doesn't it? He is. Well, it totally he could does. be a charismatic leader, right? He could He could be the charismatic yeah. leader. But see, he's not, though. He, he's not. He, he's not because he's not Fauci, right? He doesn't have the look, right? The, look what they're doing with Fauci. Look, look at the light that they're painting him with. So anyway, yes, I. Uh, again, you know, this is these are just observations that I was able to scratch out in about two hours today. And so, you know, I, I'm not I'm not sitting here telling anyone how to think. Uh, Bruce is not sitting, in, sitting here and telling anyone how to think, but uh, it's incumbent upon all of us to make the decisions for ourselves. We've got to look at things with a sense of reason because we're losing reasoning every day. And so I ask you, is it real science or is it a real cult? It's up for you to decide. I just presented what I was able to find. So for those who have not and would like to, please do give us a follow over on the platform of Parler. Like I said before, it's uh, it's Twitter, but it's not Twitter. It's a little bit more friendly of a place. We've been having a pretty good time over there with it. We've been uh, promoting the podcast. We've been talking to you, the listeners that have dropped us lines, that have given us likes, that have echoed our posts. Uh, and we really do appreciate that. Echoed our podcast posts, uh, especially to getting us more listeners. We do appreciate that very much. Uh, and we do love hearing from all of you. And we hope that uh, more of you do contact us uh, and get in, get in touch with us. Drop us your ideas. Drop us your uh, your likes, your comments, uh, all of that uh, as well. So you can follow me over there. I'm at Jay Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for the those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.